Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Who are you? I'm Gemma. Who I'm are Michael. you? <laughs> I'm Michael. Hello. That's Gemma. You're not going to hear much of Gemma, everybody, today. No. I'm sad to, no, I'm glad to say what I'm talking How about. Are you? Because we've got another interview this week. <laughs> we do. With an ex member of the Curry cast. Before I even introduce who it is, and though, I was going to say, know, what? normally it's mean to say ex member because they could come back. There's no coming back for this There's one, no I'm afraid back. to say. <laughs> Yeah, unless I don't know, maybe maybe twin, when twin maybe sister. when Kevin dies and then she'll she'll oh, pop back to <laughs> like take him on a little jog like to the afterlife yeah, or something. Why not? I don't know. Anyway, before Sorry. I say who it is, I want, did want to say thank you very very much to Glenda Young from the Coronation Street blog for putting us in touch with this person. Um, without Glenda, we would not be here talking like this today. I don't know what we'd be doing if it weren't for Glenda this week. CoronationStreetUpdates.blogspot.com oh, yes. is the name of, of Glenda's website, which is a very good place to go for Coronation Street updates. What a sterling endorsement that yes, was. Who have we got this week? It is Vicky Bins, everybody, <gasps> who played... Molly Dobbs, obviously. It is Molly Dobbs, obviously, yes. Um, yeah, we, we had a, bit, a lovely old chat yesterday about her time on Coronation Street. Ten years ago it's been since she left, can you believe that? And one of the best deaths ever, I really, have to really say, epic on Coronation ending, Street, yeah. so we did make sure to have a talk about that. Anyway, um, that's enough blabbering on. I think let's just let's get right on with things. Get and get cracking? Um, we will get cracking. I'm going to get cracking. Go I, I got cracking with Vicky yesterday, oh, actually, and you're about to hear the fruits of our crackingness. <laughs> Right now, here's the interview. Today I'm joined by Vicky Bins, who's kindly agreed to come onto the podcast to speak about her time playing Molly Dobbs on Corrie in the early 2000s, as well as her current role in the production of Home I'm Darling at the Stephen Joseph Theatre in Scarborough. Vicky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, thanks for having me. No worries, it's a pleasure to speak to you. It's, it's been a long time since you've been off the street, isn't it? So it's nice to, to catch up and find out what you've been doing. Oh, yeah, well, my when people you know if people <laughs> so not my favourite thing if people recognise me off Coronation Street I mean if people recognise me from Coronation Street my favourite thing is to say oh well you've got a good memory because do you know how long ago that was <laughs> and then I like you know dropping the bomb that it was 10 years ago um, which just seems unbelievable I mean it was the but, 50th uh, anniversary episode wasn't it so we just we just yeah, had the 60th yeah. Yeah, well, we will get on yeah. to that in a little bit. Let, let's scroll back a bit, because when you first started Corrie in 2005, this was just after you'd had a, a bit of a regular stint on Emmerdale as well, isn't it? Yeah, I did like four years on Emmerdale from when I was 17. Um, and then I decided I really I wanted to leave because I'd done a few dramas and a, and a little bit of theatre, but not really very much. So I was still quite young. Mm. I used to be really envious of all these actors that had come in and kind of like lived a bit and done loads of different things and been in the theatre, darling, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was I took that really bold move when I was quite young to leave. And obviously, you know, my parents, what are you doing? You've got like, a really amazing full-time job. I was just young and kind of adventurous yeah. and then um, yes and then two years later to get the offer to, to be in Corrie was just unbelievable because it just didn't it wasn't on my radar that I would ever be even asked to do another soap yeah and I mean hey you can't turn that down can you well no exactly I mean what do you thrilled. what do you remember about what you were told about the part of Molly when you when you went for it the, the whole part was um, based on the one line which was I love dogs, mate. 
Yeah, because you started, Molly started off working at the uh, the kennels, didn't she, with, with Kirk, I think. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, I don't love dogs, me. I'm frightened of them. Um, <laughs> so that was really difficult because I, I, I got bit when I was young, so I was a bit scared of dogs, actually. And you see all these scenes in these kennels where, you know, my character was at one with the dogs and loved the dogs. Yeah. Um, so there was massive acting required in that. And um, I was brought in to play uh, opposite Fizz, who was who Jenny McAlpine, who was my mate from like we grew up together. She's like a, was a best mate, oh. so it was just totally surreal to to be on that set with Jenny, kind of going, how how have we got here? And I knew Andy Wyman a little bit, who played Kirk, and I knew um, Alan a bit, who played Tyrone, because of being on Emmerdale. I sort of knew of some of the cast. Mm. Molly and Fizz had a bit of an antagonistic relationship at the start, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. So I think that was, um, it was when Tony Wood was a producer, so I think that was the idea when I first came into it of, of putting us head to head because in, in, in life we were we were really good mates, which doesn't make as good a storyline, let's be honest. <laughs> um, you know, Molly and Fizz get on the end. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I came in to sort of stir things up between um, Fizz and Kirk and and all that stuff and play um, the daughter of Diggory Compton. Yes, of course, the baker. Um, yeah, the fantastic Eric Potts, yeah. Mm, mm. So going back to Emmerdale, I, I never, I, I'm not an Emmerdale watcher, so is was the role of Molly anything like what you played in Emmerdale? Was it was a different kind of character. It was different. It, like, I mean, I, I, I gained an M. I was called Ollie in um, ah. Emmerdale. And then I gained an M for a Molly. <laughs> and... Then I was one of the we well me and um, Anthony Lewis who played my brother we were one of the first younger kind of storylines and characters that came in they decided to try and um, I guess broaden the demographic of people that were in it and therefore watching it mm. um, so we played like the teenagers and we did lots of t- teenage storylines which involved <clears throat> smoking behind bus shelters and mm. drinking vodka for the first time and you know, snugging boys when you're not supposed to and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I played just like a, um, a teenage tearaway, which is great fun. And then I got involved with the Dingles with that family. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was just my, my growing up, really, from sort of 17 to 21. It was it was being that teenage tearaway character. So even, you know, as coming into um, Corrie, that character, Molly, developed so much over those five years that I'd say she was sort of really quite different from from when I started to when I left anyway because producers yeah. change and storylines change and I grew up a lot during it. Mm. What do you remember about um, how the audience reacted to Molly at first? It must it must have been terrifying, you know, coming on this, this huge show and then just waiting for the feedback to come in. Well, it's, it's surreal because, because we film in advance, yeah. um, quite far in advance, sometimes sort of three months. So you don't, it, you sort of do your first scenes and then they were three months ago and you're kind of in the middle of a different storyline doing something completely different and I mean this is going to make me sound like a right old fart but there wasn't really social media no um, I guess I mean, there wasn't I think it's sort of like, I think I, I mean I think there was sort of like friends reunited maybe yeah you're right that was because 2005 that was like two three years before Facebook I think until that I joined yeah, anyway exactly. so exactly I mean I'm still not on Facebook that's how much of an old an oldie I am but <laughs> um yeah so like I didn't I, I certainly wasn't aware of any kind of instant reaction or instant and I've always sort of kept my world quite small in terms of when you do high pressured things you've just kind of got to focus on the actual job that you're doing and your objective 
in mm. it rather than a kind of like subjective opinion and what everybody else would think and the enormity of the job and you know how many people are watching it and all that sort of stuff so it's not really well it's not at all helpful to be honest no. it's not even helpful to for me when I first went in it to even watch it because it was like I can go in I can do some scenes and then I can go home and have my tea and that's it mm. you know and sort of going looking at the, the popularity and what other people's opinions I think would be unhelpful as an actor yeah yeah i bet i think i think from what i can remember thinking back i my favorite period of molly was when she was paired up with tyrone who's you know a real mr nice guy type character did did you like working with alan and the kind of that cozy relationship that they shared i mean just a bit i absolutely loved it and then you know i thought you you know doing an um a podcast about Coronation Street, there will be the question of, you know, who's your favourite person, who do you miss most, who do you like working with the most? And it was 100% Alan. He's an absolute joy to be alongside. And it's such a big cast, particularly now in Coronation yeah. Street, that it takes quite a long time to get round to, to meeting everyone and certainly to do a scene with somebody. That might take a year before you've, mm. you've done a scene with anyone. And because of the way that the logistics of filming, you tend to just film all the scenes that are in the Duckworths, for example, um, in one day that might span over sort of 15 episodes or something. Yeah. So it was it was a real kind of small world in that way that I worked with Alan and, I mean, Jack and Vera, how lucky was that? And, yeah, Alan was just so much fun and he's so um, likeable and bright and such a good actor and just easy to be around. Yeah. And he, he loved a prank. He loved a prank. So, <laughs> Did he? You know. So you mentioned um, Jack and Vera earlier as well. I wanted to talk a little bit about working with Bill and Liz. What what were they like? Well, they, they, they were, I have to say, when I said about kind of keeping things small and not overwhelming yourself, they, that was always a bit like, how am I sat around this table? How am I sat in this pub with these with these faces, with these actors that I've known for so long that are just part of the furniture in, in your living room? Yeah. And, you know, with such iconic scenes and storylines that you'll remember. So it was just completely surreal. They were always so easygoing and welcoming. And my character quickly kind of got married to Tyrone and was, was part of that family. And they made that just really easy for me. But they were really normal, down-to-earth, you know, grounded people. Funny, so funny, both of them, mm. you know, in, in their own ways. So it was a joy and it, and it was you know, probably the, the more overwhelming bit of the of being on the programme. I bet. Did they kind of take you un- under their wings a little bit? Were they a bit like surrogate grandparents? I kind of, I kind of imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, way more eccentric than you, <laughs> than you imagine your average grandparent, you know. Yeah. Um, and, but they did, and, and obviously they knew the show so well and they'd had such longevity on the show and knew exactly what it was like to come in and... Um, you know, they also had, like, separate lives and lived away from it, and mm. it can really kind of dominate and take over your world when you're in Coronation Street. So, yeah. and they were, you know, both really close to their to their wives and husbands and families. Mm. So it was a lot of that, a lot of kind of normal stuff, which was really nice. That's good, that's good. So what, what I think the character of Molly is going to be most remembered for is this notorious affair with Kevin Webster. <laughs> Do you remember what your yeah. reaction was when you heard that what was going to happen there? I do. You don't often get up. You don't often go up to see the producer. No. Very rarely, maybe once a year or something. You just get the storylines through your 
through your door, although I suspect now it's through your, through your computer. But um, yeah, you just get you just get like you know five scrapes bump on the, at the doorstep, and that's what you're doing. So you don't really ever have much kind of discussion. Um, right. And then Alan and I have not really had a big storyline for, for quite a bit. Um, I think Alan's golf swing had really improved. Because uh, Molly and Tyrone had not been married long since then either, had they? No, I know. And, and it was like, I don't know, we, we, we weren't those kind of characters in the show at the time either. We were sort of, like you say, the kind of the cosy, fun, more um, comedy type yeah. scenes that we'd always done. So, no, that felt like a big, um, a big leap, really, a big reinvention of Molly that mm. she was going to go down that, down that naughty path. It's kind of funny the way it's gone now. I mean, are you aware of what's going on at the moment with Tyrone in the show? Go on, tell me. Well, he's he's having an affair with someone else. He's got a, he's got a younger bit on the side. Oh, there you go. So it's all come around he's again. Married. With Fizz, right? He's with he's, well, he was with Fizz, yeah. But they're broken up now. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was another nice yeah. kind of cozy, safe kind of relationship that those are just been torn yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah. So um, when Molly became pregnant, did you always know that Kevin was going to end up being the father? Because there was a bit of a who's the daddy side to it, wasn't there? That is such a good question. I don't actually know the answers. I think I did know, yeah. Mm. I think I did know from the beginning. That's a really good question, actually, because obviously like 10 years ago, I I, I can't remember if I ever knew that that was going to be... I mean, obviously I always knew that there was going to be a a bit of a chance and a shot. Yeah. don't remember if I if I'd have been aware where it was going to end because, like I say, it's quite short term storylines yeah. you get, and you don't get a choice or a say in them. They're just, you know, the writers go away and do an amazing job. They do these huge conferences mm. and plan big, you know, the kind of sweeping arc of storylines. Mm. So, um, yeah, but I can't, yeah, I can't remember. That's a very good question, but that was all really new to me, like having never had children and still haven't. Yeah. Did Molly have a like? Did Molly have an exciting soap birth, or did she? Was she go to just just the hospital one? I don't remember. It was it was on the floor of the Duckworths' 
what I remember oh, really? quite distinctly. Um, but it, but I think in and of itself that that probably yeah that wasn't the climax of the storyline. It would have been whose baby is it? I guess would have been the climb the climactic part of it, wasn't it? Yeah, and then the very very end for the fiftieth anniversary episode, Molly's death. How yeah. far along in the process yeah. did you know that it was leading that way? Mm. Um, that I knew that um, yeah she was gonna she wasn't gonna make it in the tram crash uh, yeah I'd say a good six months before that if if, if not a bit longer actually because that was quite a long building into that storyline and that was um, and a new producer that came that, that came in that um, took over that that whole storyline and that fifty eighth episode to make it as you know monumental as it was. No holding back. Was, was it the producer's decision at the end of the day that you were to leave the show yeah. or was it a bit of a joint one? It's the producers. I mean, they, mm. yeah, it, it, there is certainly no promise in that show of, like, being in it forever. And, I mean, my, my original contract was three months yeah. and uh, I'd sort of gone through about two, uh, three different producers and lots of different storylines. So there's, there's always that chance that, you know, they're going to they're gonna do a big storyline and that will be the climax of that particular storyline, which was, you know, they've got to do what's right for the show and what's right for making a big, juicy mm. storyline. And I did, you know, like, in the past, I had gone up and wanted to do other things and wanted to do some theatre and all that sort of stuff and really got on with the producer and he was incredibly supportive around yeah. it all, you know, saying it's going to be a really big storyline. It's a great way to leave. If you're ever going to leave, this is the way to do it. And I felt like I had a lot of encouragement and support to, to play out that storyline and a yeah. lot of um, trust and faith really to have done such a big storyline during the, the live episode mm. and to be such a huge part of the 50th one let's be honest I hadn't contributed to the 50 years you know <laughs> <laughs> I'd done five years and Drank all the champagne at the end, so that was lovely. <laughs> I mean, let, let's talk about that last scene then. So, for the benefit of any listeners who maybe haven't seen it, this was the live episode, like I said, with a tram crash. Molly's trapped under the rubble in the corner shop. She tells Sally that the baby's actually Kevin's, and, and Sally walks away, leaving her to die alone. Now, personally, I'd say that's definitely up there for me as one of my favourite Corrie deaths of all time. Were you satisfied? Oh. It, honestly, oh Vicky, gosh, it is. It's you. it's one of my favourites. I remember just like <laughs> jaw dropped when I was watching this, and Sally walks. Were, were you were you satisfied with the ending that you were given? Oh God, yeah. I mean, this is what I mean. You couldn't really, you know, couldn't really get any more dramatic, any bigger, any bolder, any more final. Mm. <laughs> I remember the press office saying, oh, "You're going to be so glad because otherwise you'll just get asked the rest of your life if you're ever going to go back." Yeah. <laughs> You don't want that forever, so this is this is it. But it was, I mean, it was extraordinary to be part of that live episode. It's such a huge feat in terms of um, filming. They're just, the studios are not set up for live no. filming, and the way that we film is so, so, so different to live filming. So there's just the logistics of getting from one set to another, all that kind of stuff was huge. And then to have so many stunts and all that going on, it was absolutely like thrilling to be part of mm. and just that thing about just keeping you cool just going okay it's just a scene it's some lines you know i can i can do this and then reading it and getting that precious 50th episode which was like confidential 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 yeah. you know all all the way over it you name like ink mark through the pages 
and get you to read the whole hour. It was a big, thick, whacking hour episode mm. as well. So, yeah, what I still, you know, it's sort of 10 years ago and it still feels like a bit surreal and a bit dreamlike. Yeah. Do you, do you remember, like, just being there under the rubble waiting for the director to call action or however they did it for the live? I mean, yeah, I remember it as clear as day, actually, because the rubble's just made out of foam. Yeah. Like, incredibly light foam, not made out of anything, and there's always this taste of, um, like, jam sweetness on fake fake blood as a very specific hmm. um, kind of taste. So it's like all of your senses are alive, and then the cameras are... There's quite a, quite a lot of cameras on it, and there's a, a real kind of stillness on the set, and everyone's got their own job to do, so everyone, you know, cameraman lighting everything, thinking... Just don't mess it up. Just don't, you know, don't yeah. mess it up. And we we'd rehearsed it quite a lot, so it yeah. was like, you know, just keeping the keeping you cool and doing what we'd done in rehearsals. So yeah, the set would just be quiet, and then we'd have a, a flashing light, and then it would go red, and we'd start the scene, and then you kind of did all the the full episode finished, and it was like cut, and it ended, and everyone thought, oh my god, that's it, it's gone out, that's it. Everyone yeah. else has seen it before we have. Yeah, yeah. It must have been funny you going back as well because you must have finished filming everything else like month beforehand. Then that's come back. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's like a sort of double leaving party type thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was right, because, yeah, obviously, because we filmed so far in advance, so we'd done all the build-up to it, and then just, yeah, I just went back and, um, but it was quite nice, because it, 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 like, it's really hard to leave somewhere, isn't it, and, yeah. like, um, I don't know, it just feels quite pressured about having a leaving party, and bye, never see you again, mm. bye, you know, say bye to so many people who, are, you know, who I loved and had a great time with. So it was really nice to be able to just go, well, I'm, I'm, I'll be back for the 50th and then, you know, kind of get swept, swept away with all that with the 50th. Mm, mm. So that was that was um, more than 10 years ago now. And um, do, you, do you look back on your time there pretty fondly? And are there any other particular scenes or moments that stand out in your memory all this time later? I do look back on it really fondly. It was such a sort of... I know I keep using this same word, but it's it's surreal is the one that sums it up. Some dreamlike and surreal. And sort of when I was in it, you just have to, that's just your day-to-day work. You've just got to keep it normal, go in, do the job, and not really get overwhelmed with the, um, with how big the show is, really. Mm. You know, it's, it's going in and doing some scenes. And then it's now, when I look back 10 years, I think, God, was, was that me? How did I get involved in that? Where did that? come from mm. um so yeah i do look back on it really fondly i've forgotten the question i was asking whether there's any other me- memorable scenes or moments that we haven't <laughs> we haven't talked about yet <laughs> yeah. no, it was it was a long question don't worry <laughs> fire or something as well yeah yeah <laughs> and it was just so much fun to film and do and then again stuff where we'd go out on location so obviously so much of Corrie by the nature of the program is on the set is 
you know, you go into Granada, you go into Manchester and you do everything there. Whereas this is such really exciting when you went out on this location, there'd be big vans and lighting rigs and all that sort of stuff and getting mm. to do, like, we did a car crash where I think that um, Kevin had mistakenly not sorted the brakes out on the car that we were driving in and the car crashed. And yeah. It was just part of those storylines. But they're just so memorable to film. And then also... Um, Molly and Tyrone's wedding I absolutely loved 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 doing that mm. and um, it's quite often I've heard it's quite often why actresses don't get married in real life because you sort of do all that all the time you know? <laughs> dresses and hair and all that and you know get yeah. a bit fed up with all that um, but so yeah so you get to like choose a wedding dress who doesn't want to do that and um you know, do hair and makeup and do all that sort of stuff. And the wedding was, like, was fun. The whole thing about it was that Tyrone had tried to go big and Molly would have just been happy with just them in a little church, but he tried to, like, do all these elaborate surprises for her. Yeah. So it was just really, really sweet with the carriage and doing all that. Aww. So I think, yeah, those, those things are memorable. And then, of course, I can't, you know, it, it's just so strong in my mind of, working you know being on the set doing jack and vera scenes and being sat around that table in the duckworth seat in eating the tea having yeah. a chat it's normal stuff Very isn't it memorable yeah exactly those things yeah 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 do you, do you think if you know things hadn't gone the way they had for for molly for you could could uh, could the character have been redeemed after the affair i'd like to think so. just in terms of like um if a man has a, an affair, it's sort of acceptable or, or at least redeemable or understandable, but um, I felt like because it was a woman, you know, a younger woman having an affair, it was like seen as, I was kind of really villain, well, the character was really villainised. You, you were, weren't you? I remember. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's probably a double reason for that, and it's because, you know, it, having an affair, cheating on Tyrone, of all people, yeah. I think is understandably because it's, it's brutal isn't it because he's such a great mm. character and such a lovable character so I think that made that made that but yeah I, I do think that I would have hoped that she could have been redeemed mm. yeah. for that reason really because I think if it was the other way around a man would have been able to be redeemed but they're very very clever the writers and they know exactly how to do those things mm. so yeah I think she could have been redeemed because it, it, it isn't that you know people are I don't think good or bad people just make good and bad decisions and do terrible things and then do good things mm. but I don't think she was necessarily an out and out psychopath evil character no I agree I agree I suppose we'll, uh, we'll see whether Tyrone's redeemed himself for this, uh, this affair that he's been having yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that that was that was over ten years ago now. So what what have you been up to since? Oh well, <laughs> yes, there has been life since Coronation Street. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really overwhelming to leave though, because to be part of something so big and so famous and so prolific, and then you kind of just come out the other side going, oh god, what next? Mm. And I never really enjoyed the, the the enormous amount of recognition. Yeah. From it all, so I just personally had avoided all the sort of like um reality shows and all that sort of stuff just because i'm just quite a private person yeah, in that yeah. respect and i just wouldn't have wanted to put myself in that kind of um spotlight at all so i just concentrated on on 
getting some nice work. So I've done mainly theatre since I left. I've done a few bits of telly that I'm that really pleased with. I did um, a drama called The Mill for Channel 4, which mm-hmm. was great, and bits and bats on telly. But it's mainly just been theatre um, and stuff that I could never have really expected would have come along because it's did singing in the rain a big musical yeah. i can't sing or dance so, <laughs> um but fortunately i was playing a character who can't sing or dance oh perfect so i was i was perfect for i was playing a character called lena lamont who's a terrible singer and dancer so um <laughs> that was my my contribution to that and um, doing a song badly which was just a dream <laughs> so yeah there's kind of big tours um big tours of musical and then tours of theatre stuff yeah um, so yeah I'm on, I'm on tour at the moment I'm in Scarborough at the moment yes let's talk about this so Home I'm Darling what, what can you tell me about the show and the character that you play it's oh I mean what a job this is luxury Um got the the offer to do the job and we rehearsed in the Lake Districts in the most beautiful beautiful surroundings ever and then we came up to Scarborough to open the show and then we go to Bolton Octagon, which is home for me. So we'll be in Manchester and it's the theatre that's just down the road from where I grew up that I've always loved. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the Lake District to do the show there as well. And it's a fairly new play. It was on um, at the National yeah. in London and um, by, a, by a writer called Laura Wade. And it's about a woman who sort of retreats I think we could say into the 1950s so she lives a 1950s world but it's set in 2000 oh interesting yeah so that's sort of like um, rose tinted glasses and, and, and it was based on a really amazing documentary about people who have really decided to you know they have the 50s car everything in their home is from the 50s live the whole life you know you see kind of people don't you who dress in the 50s yeah, and, yeah. Get and kind of have a passion and maybe go to the car shows and the festivals and do all that sort of stuff um so yeah it's a really really interesting concept and about those you know gender divides and what it would mean to to be a housewife now in 2020 and how that would be a real luxury choice as opposed to um just what what everyone was doing yeah so it's, but it's great fun it's really it's it's funny and it's clever and i just love being around other actors and being in a company with actors obviously since the pandemic as well it just feels really lucky to be back in the theater and, and back working and that's kind of my favorite thing is being in rehearsal rooms and being with other actors and yeah, doing a play. Yeah, because the pan- pandemic just put the kibosh on it for so many people in the industry, didn't it? So it's, it must be it must be brilliant to get back doing what you love. Yeah, because it's hard enough, you know, being an actor is just difficult, it's tough. Mm. Um, there's, there's not many jobs and there's a lot of people that want to do them, so it is, it's hard anyway. And the, um, yeah, pandemic, obviously. Were, were, you able, were you able to keep going with some kind, any kind of regular work over the past year and a half? Pandemic, but um, I did the the transferable skills, and I went. I taught drama in a primary school. Oh, um, nice! In different primary schools, and yeah, so I worked in a primary school for eight months. Which I t- tell you fun. what, Vicky, I'm a primary school teacher, so that, that's oh, brilliant. Well, Very much yeah. in support of that. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, my day job. Yeah, well, I loved it. I've done a little bit. I've done teaching before, just in drama club, uh, like you know, Saturday drama clubs and all that sort of stuff. And then the pandemic came and I just thought I can't sit around and just do nothing and, you know, I'm part of an industry that's not even running at the moment, so I went for a proper job. Hmm. And, um, 
yeah, it was. It was. I loved it, and I'll, I'll certainly be going back in between jobs. And they've, they've said I can go back, and I just got so much out of it. The kids were just so much fun, and you know, I feel like drama's really um, a great skill for the kids to have, and a lovely thing to go and teach because they think you know because it's great fun. And it yeah. gives them a different sort of expression. So yeah, I was teaching throughout the pandemic. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, with all those things that kids... And um, a few of them did know that I used to be on telly. But obviously for them, they were like, they weren't even alive when no, I was on it. So, no. <laughs> they, they, I don't know, I think their parents had shown them stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, their parents had shown them the tram crash. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seen that bit. Must have been quite important for you, because you got into the biz quite young, didn't you? You were like, we on Children's Ward first, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I absolutely, I was like 14 and I just went to a drama club in Bury around the corner for no other reason than my mate was going and she wanted someone to go with and I uh, just got to that drama club and thought this is a first thing that I'm ever been good at because I wasn't very academic at school, <laughs> so it's suddenly like, I get this, I get it. It clicks in my head, I understand it. And then, um, amazingly, they came on doing open auditions from Granada, and I just, out of nowhere, got this part in a, in a kids' programme. You know, my family, nothing to do with acting at all. Yeah. So it is, and I, you know, I do think of that having that outlet for me where I wasn't particularly acad- academic, mm. um, that having that kind of creative outlet where I could be good at something and communicate and have access to to acting and theatre yeah but yeah I, I feel really strongly that it's just and it's just a great life skill whether you I mean whether you go into acting or not is another thing it's not really about like in the way that how I think of it when I'm teaching kids it's mm. not about trying to get them into professional acting it's just the life skills of you know being able empathy of being able to put yourself in other people's shoes mm. I think I'm. I, I mean, I, I would have watched um, Children's Ward when I was when I was younger as well. So I think me and you are about the same age. But and, and I know it was quite a good breeding ground for what would later become, you know, great Ma- Manchester talent. And um, there, there were there were some old uh, some Coronation Street. Are there other Coronation Street actors that cut their teeth there as well? Weren't there? Yeah, Alan was in it. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got one picture of us in a in a in a dressing room where there was me, Alan, and a couple of other kids, and Samia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it plays Maria, so yeah. So that's what, when I joined Corrie, Corrie, I was sort of sort of new and had been around that younger, like you say, those kind of like Manchester non-drama school kids we mm. were as well. We'd just mm. come from drama clubs and all that sort of stuff. And then Ralph Little was in it as well, who was in The Royal Family. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, the son in the royal family. Yeah. So yeah, there was quite a lot of us that went on to do to do different stuff. Um, my my favourite cameraman on Corrie had like um, had been on Children's Ward, and I came to Corrie and I was like, oh my god, I remember you from yeah. when I was like thirteen, and he'd remembered me. So there was a lot of crew because it was all that you know, it was all Granada and Manchester yeah. people and crew. Yeah. Do you still stay in touch with any of the, you know, ex-Cory cast, mate? Some. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how many people I don't know when I, I switch it on every now and again mm. or, you know, it's on somewhere and I think, God, I don't recognise any of those, let alone no. the set in the background. You know, 10 years ago, it was just the one little street, wasn't it? The one, you know, small street and that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah. So now, it's, and it's such a massive machine that there was just, you know, 
hundreds of people in it. I mean, I'm still really good friends with Jenny, um, Jenny McAlpine, mm. I see Julie Hess around about because she's always in loads of great stuff. So I always go and support stuff that she was in. Um, and then I did um, a, play, a theatre play of a TV programme called Early Doors. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy, Jimmy was there, Jimmy Hark. Oh, yeah. To that and I'd not seen him for ages, so that was a total treat to, to bump into Jimmy. Oh, lovely. Yeah, we were speaking about Jenny. She, she's come onto the podcast a couple of times and she, she's lovely, isn't she? Oh, well, yeah. Well, I have to say that because she's my mate. So. <laughs> and does yeah, great cream teas at her tea great. room as well, doesn't she? <laughs> oh, well, Annie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great place. I'm so proud of her for all uh, that. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, Vicky, it has been lovely speaking to you today. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been great finding out what you've been up to and just, you know, wallowing in a bit of not Cory nostalgia, really. I know, thank you. You've brought it all back to me. Yeah. Got a tram crash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a tram coming in my face now. Yeah. Honestly, that brilliant death. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> edge of my seat stuff so before you go do you want to do a, a final plug for Home I'm Darling oh yeah thanks so much so yeah the Home I'm Darling is on the Stephen Joseph Theatre and then we're in Alton Octagon in September and then in the beautiful Lake District in October brilliant well I wish you the very best of luck with the show thank you thanks so much no worries nice speaking to you you too bye 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 There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Vicky. Oh, wasn't that amazing? Gemma, was that not a great interview? Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well you very done, much, Vicky. Vicky. Thank you, Glenda, for putting us in touch with Vicky as well. And Vicky, good luck for your um, your show that you're doing in Scarborough as well. It sounds quite interesting, actually. 50s culture. Oh, yeah, you told me about it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, you quite like the old old vintage retro well, sort I've of stuff, don't you? Well, I've always been fascinated by it. There are a few people like that who live in time capsules for different eras it's always really good fun yeah yeah it is it sounds like a lot of fun actually i hope the show does very well and people yeah. enjoy it anyway i uh, i just really enjoyed that little reminisce it was nice that um that vicky was up for talking about all her all her memories about her time on coronation street as well yeah yeah the important part of her past it's good that she's managed to go on and do some great things since as well very good right that's it everybody that is it from us and we're going to be back um at the weekend with our normal podcast so make sure you tune into that to find out what we think about this week's coronation street um do get in touch with us in the normal way email twitter facebook and the like should you wish to um i think that's about it Gemma, anything else you want to add before we finish today clean your teeth go and clean your teeth everybody you mucky pups and floss very important, very important indeed. Right, goodbye. See you, ta Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs> <laughs>